This is another episode of The Football Frontier. Welcome or welcome back to The Football Frontier. I am your host, as you may or may not know, Caleb. I am also the host for Random Ravings, which you probably also listen to every Thursday if you are subscribed or following this podcast on pretty much whatever podcast platforms. This is going to be a really good episode because... The start of football season, college football, and professional football, all the footballs are start have bleh, 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 I can't talk. Excuse me. Have started back. This is the first um actual video episode that I'm hoping it will work because lately it it it's crazy. I've had a lot of technical difficulties going on with my camera and editing software and all that stuff. But let's go ahead and get into this episode. Uh the first thing I want to go ahead and get into is my playoff picks for uh college football as you know there or as you may or may not know there are only uh four playoff spots for college football um with this season i think it's going to be very interesting because the big 10 i believe has um still not decided if they're going to start or not and if there is if there is Big Ten football, they're most likely going to start Thanksgiving, which would most likely only give them three, maybe four weeks until the playoff committee decides who does and who doesn't pick or who does and who doesn't play in the college football playoffs. So the Big Ten, or not Big Ten, Big 12, ACC and SEC are the three Power Five conferences that are actually playing this season. I think that it's going to be either Georgia or Florida in the SEC. I, I think one of those two coming out of the SEC. LSU, they lost Joe Burrow. They're not going to be a playoff contender. Alabama's kind of iffy for me. If I had to pick someone out of the West right now, I would pick Auburn to play in the SEC title game, but then lose to Georgia or Florida. So I think Georgia or Florida is going to be one of the playoff spots. For the time being, I'm picking Florida because they have Kyle Trask. He's most likely the starter for Florida this year because he was the starter for most of last year. Um, the only reason I picked Florida over Georgia is because Jamie Newman trans or opted out for the 2020 season. JT Daniels still on injury list from his knee injury last year. And I really don't know who would come in if Daniels got injured because I'm pretty sure almost, I think there's one other quarterback. I think I mentioned him. He had brain surgery or something last year. I don't know how good he is. He hasn't played football. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't been hit by a 200-plus-pound lineman 
in two years. The last time he played was 2018. I don't know how good he's going to be. So if JT Daniels doesn't get the start for Georgia, I'm going Florida to win the SEC East. If JT Daniels is able to stay healthy and Georgia gets a good backup, Georgia, I think, would go to the playoffs. Now, here's the thing. I think a loser of the SEC or ACC title, possibly even the Big 12 title, could also go to the playoffs. The reason I say that is because Notre Dame-Clemson, that's that's who I have going into the ACC championship game. Texas-Oklahoma, we may see them play twice this year. Uh, in the Red River Showdown, and in the Big 12 Championship. I think Oklahoma, again, is going to go to the playoffs with Spencer Ratledge, who is their freshman, or Rattler, not Ratledge. Um, I think he can get them to the playoffs. I think Clemson is obviously going to go to the playoffs. And then... I think Alabama may slide into the playoffs just barely. Just barely. Because as I'm recording this, Notre Dame is playing Duke right now. And they they had a really bad first quarter. Um, right now it's halftime. Duke had the lead for the first quarter, but now Notre Dame's up by four. I don't know. Really, depending on this game, I'm going to... Texas, though, is definitely going to put up a fight in the Big 12 for that playoff spot because they have Sam Ellinger returning back. A lot of people, I agree with this, he has Tim Tebow's energy. If you don't know who Tim Tebow is, a legendary Florida quarterback, great guy all around. Um, his morals and stuff in life are phenomenal. Um, go check him out on Instagram or whatever. But here's the thing with uh, the... the um, whole playoff. So here's my picks in case you weren't sure. I think Florida will come out of the SEC. Clemson out of the ACC. Oklahoma out of the Big 12. And then Georgia possibly also coming out of the ACC for uh, the playoffs. Depending on how they do the rest of the season. So that is my, those are my picks. Um, but let's go ahead and get into a little bit of NFL news. The NFL did start over the past weekend, and it it was a really good first game. And here's, excuse me, <clears throat> here's the thing. Everyone kind of knew Kansas City was going to be a good team again coming back this year. They beat Houston 34 to 20. Not bad, right? N- not bad at all. Uh 
there's not really much to say about that. But here's something else I found very interesting. Uh, the Pittsburgh at the Pittsburgh Steelers scrimmage. There was uh, only one player, I think, that. Here, let me pull this up real quick. If I can get it here. My word. Okay, so um, I forget the player's name, but only one player came out of the Pittsburgh tunnel and stood. Or only one player came out of the Pittsburgh Steelers tunnel for the national anthem. Now this there was a post on Instagram about this saying, let's make he's a phenomenal patron. He's a great or not patron. You can become a patron though by hitting the Patreon link in the description of this video and podcast episode. But he's a phenomenal patriot, yada yada yada. So I was looking through the comment section. This comment got me fired up, and I'm about to go off. So this comment on the post about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers player standing and stuff for the uh, anthem, this comment says, These athletes have lost all reason to be admired. Just being able to score a goal, a touchdown, or making a basket is just not enough. Their behavior and alliances are depressing, race-baiting, and disloyal to the country and the people who gave them the opportunity to have a superb lifestyle and become multimillionaires. Multiple things wrong with this. They, they, they've lost all reason to be admired. They're a professional athlete. How many... What's the percentage? Um, what's the percentage of people of, that become professional athletes? Not a whole lot. The same amount that become famous movie stars. There aren't a lot of people. They have reasons to be admired. Just being able to score a goal touchdown is not enough. I doubt you could score a touchdown or score a basket or a goal for that matter. If you played professional sport of anything. Their behavior and alliances are depressing. Depressing. Define depressing. Depressing. Here's the thing. Depressing. Why can't I spell? Depression. <sighs> Depression is defined as feeling... Feelings of severe sadness. Severe sadness where you may, where you may go into wanting to commit suicide. If that's the case... If if you're if you're becoming depressed over just one person coming out and standing, or just one person coming out of the tunnel for the Pledge of Allegiance, I that's that's your problem. I'm just gonna leave you to that. Okay, disloyal to the country and the people who gave them their opportunity to have a superb lifestyle. They are the ones that worked for that lifestyle. Now, you might be coming up with the argument, oh, but they're saying not black people can't, they can't have all the same opportunity as white people. That's not what this post is about. This post is about one person coming out of the Pittsburgh tunnel and standing for the anthem. 
So I don't give a crap about that argument. I don't give a crap about that, okay? To become multimillionaires. They have worked to become millionaires. They have given their self the opportunity to be drafted into the NBA, NFL, whatever. Okay. I... If you think that someone else gave them that opportunity besides themselves, yes, a head coach or someone gave them that opportunity by drafting them. But how did they get to the draft? They worked hard and was disciplined enough to get to the draft. Now, you might also be saying, but they should stand for the anthem, all this other stuff. Yes, I agree they should, but this is the first time they have actually been able to state their opinion, not so much publicly, but to millions. Because anyone can hide behind a screen on Instagram or whatever and say whatever they want. Now, this is being broadcasted to millions, if not, or thousands, if not millions of people in the U.S. alone. That was their way of standing. I do not agree. These things going on is not right. And... It's sad to say some people in the U.S. do think that it's okay, it's fine, and what happened is right, which is definitely not the case. Now, Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield um, has something to say about standing and stuff for the anthem. Um, After... After reading many letters and messages, I've been shown that a gesture such as kneeling will only create more division and discussion about that the gesture, rather than being a solution towards our country's problem at hand, Mayfield wrote on Saturday. Uh, Saturday as in the tw- uh, September 12th. Okay, yes, I agree it's going to cause more discussion. It will probably cause some division among different people, but... What Mayfield doesn't realize here is that rather than being a solution toward the country's problem at hand, it kneeling and having discussion will be the solution to the problem at hand. Now, if we just went on with life like nothing happened, nothing's going to be solved, all the division is going to say the same, This the problem isn't going to be solved without discussion and people stating their opinions. Um, he said he'll also stand for Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is being called the Black National Anthem. Um, Mayfield also said that after watching Thursday's show of unity prior to the Texans-Chiefs game and watching a video released by the Miami Dolphins players, it is not about who is standing or who is kneeling, but instead about coming together and taking action to create real change. Yes, I agree with that. And coming together would cause discussion, Baker. Discussion is what we need. Coming together is what we need. And here's the thing. On June 13th, in answering a post from a fan on his Instagram account, Mayfield responded that he would absolutely kneel during the anthem on August 14th. Mayfield retired his stance and said he had no regret about his decision. I think being in my position, which is a blessing, being out on a platform to where I can speak on the issue that are just wrong, right is right and wrong is wrong, Mayfield said then. 
there's human rights that issue that have been going on for a long time, and I believe in that. It's nothing against military or anybody who served. Anybody who knows my history knows that I completely support the military and that people that serve in our country for the right reasons and do it for justice. The people that do not know that, that's okay. Just take your time, take a second to get to know me. It's human. It's a human rights issue. There is right and there is wrong. Which I agree with him on that. There is a right and there is a wrong way to deal with this. Now, kneeling is just a public way for players to say they don't agree with what's going on and they want to change. Do I think it's going to cause division? Absolutely. Was there already division? Yes. Was it not being put out there? Yes. Through the kneeling and stuff, different stances are coming out. Where do you stand on this? Where do you not stand on this? What do you agree? What do you not agree? I think kneeling is a good way for players to show I don't agree with this. Now, is other things such as disrespecting the American flag okay? Not necessarily. Is kneeling is is kneeling hurting anybody? It may be hurting your pride a little bit, but is discussion happening? Why are you kneeling? Why isn't this person kneeling? Why isn't this person standing? Why different discussions are happening because of the kneeling taking place in different professional sports, and the more discussion, the better. Because if there's no discussion, nothing's going to be solved. But Spencer, after getting off that topic, before I get on to Spencer Rattler and stuff, I'm going to get a little bit into uh, Kirk Herbstreet's the, his speech on game day. He said in an interview later, um, that he didn't know what exactly he was gonna say when this went hap the blah, 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 I can't talk uh when different things happened uh on college game day. Now um hopefully I can play this um, on video and for audio, um, hopefully I can do that, and if so, I will put it in right here. From a coach's point of view, one of the most important things about social justice is the fact that players now have their courage to openly discuss it. We've come a long way, it's about time. My thoughts are, doesn't mean anything if nothing tangible comes from it. The challenge now is listening to the players and this possible discussions following reasonable requests. Listen to them and re reasonable requests. That's my point. Yeah, Elsie, I think that uh, I agree with, with all of what you guys are saying. It's it's remarkable to see players have an opportunity to come together and that uh, this show and Maria has given them that platform to be able to express how they feel. And I think it's great. I, I also think that if, if you're a white player in these locker rooms, I think it's incumbent upon you to really help with the change. I saw Dylan Bowles there from Stanford involved. 
And I think, uh, you know, Trevor uh, Lawrence at Clemson has been involved. I think it's one thing to, to have rallies. So it's one thing to skip a practice because of social injustice. It's one thing for the NBA and the NFL uh, to miss games, to, to make a statement. Those things are great. But my question is, what's next? What, what, what does that lead to? You go back to practice the next day. Um, what, what will lead to change? And I really think, I was talking to David Shaw, the head coach at Stanford, uh, who, who really, he and I had a great talk. I love listening to, to his wisdom and his thoughts. And he shared a, a, a quote uh, to me and reminded me from Benjamin Franklin. He said, justice will be served. Justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. And I think that that's what I mean when I think I, our, the, the black community is hurting. If you've listened and, and the, the word empathy and compassion over these last four months, how do you listen to these stories and not feel pain and, and not, not want to help? You know what I mean? It's like the, wearing a hoodie and uh, putting, your, putting your, your hands in 10 and 2. What are we talking about? And so you can't relate to that if you're white, but you can listen and you can... Uh, try to help because this is not okay it's just not it's not and uh we just have we got to do better man we got it we got to we got to like lock arm in arm and be together in a football locker room that stuff is gone it, those barriers are gone and uh It's, just we got to do it's, better. It's one of the things and why sports can be such a leader in this area. It's happened throughout history, uh, dating back uh, to Jesse Owens and Jackie Robinson and Muhammad Ali and uh, the number of changes that have been instituted and uh, awareness brought to because of sports. And there's a lot of good going on in college football. I know that even uh, the Navy players have met with police departments. There is hope. But the number one thing we all have to do is make sure our hearts are tender and open. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. Like, he, a lot of people are calling him out and saying that was fake. I'm really not sure how you fake that. Because after commercial break, he was still very emotional after that. And he, he seemed very sincere. If he was faking it, he's a phenomenal actor. But I'm positive he was not faking that. And referring back to the, oh, no, I better watch out because I'm wearing Nike stuff. That was from a quote from a Texas college football player. I'm not exactly sure who. But he said multiple times before he went to the campus, once he committed to Texas, he got Texas gear. Like most college football is sponsored by Nike and stuff. So the player was saying, police officers came up to him multiple times because he was wearing Nike gear and asked him where he got that. And by the tone of their voice, he knew they were asking him because they had, they thought he had stolen it. They thought that he had taken it somewhere. And they thought that he 
that he stole it, that he, that, that wasn't his. And I don't care what you call that. Personally, I call that racism. The fact that police officers and just other, not only police officers, but other people is sad but true. Do think if a black person is wearing nicer things that that person has stolen them. If if that's not racism, I don't know what is. I it's crazy. Like there are accusations all across the internet calling Kurt Kerbstreit out. Like quit faking it. You're white privileged. Quit faking it. You don't understand. Through that uh, short little conversation. Or his little speech there, whatever you want to call it, it sounded like he did understand. He he said, white people need to stop trying to solve this, but we need to listen and learn how we can help. There's no way we can solve this. It's going to take the community, the whole U.S. community. Not the black community only, not the white community only, not the Asian community, not the Hispanic community. It's going to take the whole community to come together and say, this is it. We need, there needs to be change. There needs to be justice for all these things. There shouldn't be a reason that we need to be finding justice for this. We need to, we need to have something in place that we need to have something in place for all of us to come together. Yes, the black community should have a little bit more of a say in this um, than everyone else because it is mainly referring to them. But if you think he was faking that, Please send me an email at randomravingspodcast at gmail.com about why you think it was fake or voice message. Click one of the links in the description. Tell me why. I challenge you to tell me one reason why you think it was fake. If it was fake, like I said, he's a phenomenal actor. It wasn't fake. I guarantee you. Any argument you have, if you think that was fake, if you think he faked that, I need to know why you think that because you are dead wrong. Dead wrong. I don't care who you are. If Donald Trump thinks he was faking it, Donald Trump is wrong. Okay, there he wasn't faking it. Okay. But let's get on a little bit lighter news. Um here's one thing I want to talk about. I said um Oklahoma's Quarterback Spencer Ratledge. He's a freshman this year. Um. Oh no, he's not. A fre- he's a redshirt freshman. So he was a freshman last year at Oklahoma. He saw three games in 2019. He completed seven of seven of eleven passes. Ran three times. He was one for three in passing for eight yards and ran once for eight yards versus LSU in the college football 
playoffs. <clears throat> um, he completed all four pass attempts for 50 or more yards and his first career touchdown. In high school, he was a five-star recruit by 24-7 Sports and a four-star prospect by ESPN. He was the number one quarterback in the class of 2019. Um, he was the MVP of the Elite 11 quarterback competition, rated ninth in the nation in the 2019 class. I think he's a fen- he's going to be a phenomenal quarterback for uh, Oklahoma. I th- the one thing that concerns me a little bit is his playing time. One thing I really like about him, though, is the fact that he he has played with Oklahoma before. He has playing experience with the team, unlike uh, quarterbacks from Georgia, unlike quarterbacks from LSU, unlike quarterbacks from some other college football playoff contenders, which is why I, I'm picking Oklahoma to win the Big 12 over Texas. Although uh, Sam Ellinger is a senior this year, He's a phenomenal quarterback. He's Sam Ellinger is a little bit small though. Um he's not the biggest, toughest dude ever. Um I mean he's pretty tall. He's oh he has put weight he's put some weight on since last time I did research on him. Um he's 6'3, 225 pounds. He, if you're watching on TV, he does not look 225 pounds. Oh, I just whacked my mic twice in a row. Wow. <clears throat> I don't... I don't know. He, He's a pretty good... He, or pretty, he's a very good quarterback. Um, coming back for... Uh, the Longhorns. Um, is he gonna be a he's he was a good quarterback. I think he is going to be a good quarterback. I think that it is going to be a a very. I think it's gonna be a good season for him. I don't know if the the wide receiver weapons the running back weapons all 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 the different players around him i don't know if they're going to be good enough to get texas to a playoff game i i really don't know but one more thing i was noticing with this kickoff of the college football and nfl season look at any Highlights. Any highlights. I don't care if it was from the Kansas City game or uh, a college football game. Just look at the highlights. If you 
the energy in the stadiums are very, very different from last year because there is there's it's only twenty five percent capacity, if that. Most SEC teams only have twenty five percent, or not twenty five twenty percent capacity. I know Texas A and M was pushing for twenty five percent capacity, but just go look at uh, the uh, the highlights from Kansas City, Houston. You're not gonna hear a lot of cheering. Most of the cheering is pre-recorded and then put it in put in later. So there to me I don't think home field advantage isn't really a thing this year cuz it's 20% capacity. If that. <sighs> because the capacity for Arrowhead Stadium is six twenty six or twenty six. What am I talking about? Seventy six thousand four hundred sixteen. Okay. Now, what is twenty percent of that? All right. Let's go to because I can't do that in my head. <laughs> um, here we go. So, no, I don't want a money calculator. Here's the thing. It's, it's not a lot. I can tell you that right now. Why is this not working? Excuse me for a moment. All right, percentage calculator. Here we go. What is 20% of, what was the number? 76,416. Okay. That's 15,000 people, if they're even allowing 20%. Let's say they're allowing 15%. That's 11,000. 11,000 compared to 76,000? The noise in that stadium is going to be so much quieter than what home field advantage was last year and years previous. There's there's like some of these stadiums. AT&T Stadium can hold 80 thousand 20% of that 20% of that I'm trying to do the math in my head while I'm talking at the same time this is very hard but 20% that is four not 4,000 what am I talking about um what am I talking about dude Twenty percent would really, yeah, four thousand. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, that's not right. I'm positive of that. But 
the capacity is and the noise is not going to be as loud as it was last year just because the the capacity of these stadiums is so much lower. Now, college games especially, NFL games especially, NFL games, the playoffs kind of home field advantage in the playoffs is huge. Is it going to really matter this year? Probably not. Like, um, Georgia fans will know what I'm talking about when I say the red takeover. Something, it's something like that. Um, but what is it called? Oh, yeah, the just UGA takeover, I guess. Or, yeah, Georgia takeover. Um, this first happened uh, three years ago when Georgia went to Notre Dame. The, almost all of South Bend, which is, I think, what the stadium is called, was covered. All the seats, it looked like, had red, red t-shirts, red something in them. Notre Dame's colors are navy blue and gold. And the whole stadium looked red. And so many people have said this is that. And like since then, UGA fans have been taking over every stadium that Georgia goes to. So I don't know. Is is home stadium even an advantage even more if there aren't the loving fans? Let me know your thoughts on any of the topics I talked about, guys, just by voice message or email. Both of those links are in the description, dude. Wow. But make sure you guys subscribe and follow, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening, whatever. Um, Make sure if you have an Apple phone, even if you listen on Spotify or anything, just uh, and you have an Apple phone, make sure to... Check out the Apple Podcast and then leave a review and a comment. Um, let me check real quick if I have any new comments to shout out this week. Um, on Apple Podcast, I do not. I do not. So give me a review to shout out and... I'll be seeing you guys this Thursday for another episode of Random Ravings and next week for another episode of The Football Frontier. Dude, I got fired up this episode. See you next week.